This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast, the podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Here's your host, Brandon Bourgeois. Welcome back to the Team Stripes Podcast. You're listening to episode number 14. Um, on this episode, we're pretty lucky. We got to talk to NHL linesman Vaughn Rohde. Um, for those of you that may not know, Vaughn is quite the NHL veteran, having worked more than 1,000 games, and has also worked a couple of Heritage Classics, uh, the NHL All-Star Game in 2016, as well as last year's uh, China Games that the NHL held. Um, so besides refereeing, Vaughn is also really committed to helping uh, players improve their skating, and is actually the owner of Pro Edge Power Skating, which has multiple clinics um, in Washington State. So in this episode, we talk about his career, the importance of skating and how referees can improve, as well as the role of fitness, nutrition, and game preparation for referees. So we hope you enjoy the episode, and we kick it off by asking him how he got started with refereeing. So I uh, I actually started refereeing when I was uh, 14 years old back home in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. And, uh, you know, I probably did it like a lot of other kids do you know we did it for the extra money as uh, as I was playing hockey and I thought you know my original goal was to uh, was to play in the NHL not to referee in it uh so I you know I played until uh uh you know as high as level as I could and and uh, uh shut it down right around 17 years old and um you know I was like well you know what am I going to do now so I I started to uh, really focus on refereeing and went to a clinic um went to a, went to another clinic uh, the following year uh, seen that there was a Western Hockey League um, uh, opportunity in Calgary, so I went to the I went to the officiating camp in uh, the Western Hockey League School of Officiating. I went there, and um, and was just one of uh, probably about 120 kids that showed up there to kind of be taught by um, Kerry Fraser, Dan Marawelli, Mike Civic was there as the instructors, uh, and it really kind of worked out. I I got an opportunity from there to uh, to be a part of uh, the Western Hockey League at a brand in Manitoba. Um, and I, you know, was probably doing on average three or four games a month out of Brandon. Um, and then the following, uh, well, about two years after that, the Western Hockey League held a, uh, they held a, uh, uh, an open tryout in Calgary again, same kind of thing. You would go back to this, this, uh, you know, the school of officiating and, um, and back then to get hired to the national hockey league, you needed one of the full-time jobs. There was, you know, there was uh, four full-time linesmen and four full-time referees in the, in the Western league at the time. And Lyle Seitz had been hired to the national hockey league. So he had moved on and there was a, uh, there was a spot open in, uh, in Seattle uh, for a full-time official. So we went to camp and uh, kind of had a good camp and tried out with all these kids for this one spot. And as luck would have it, um, Rick Dirksen, who was the vice president of the WHL, uh, offered me the job. So I, I, uh, I went back home to Winnipeg. I thought about it for a week. I had a pretty good job as a supervisor of site operations at the Forks Renewal Corporation. So I knew I, I had to kind of give up, uh, you know, pretty good paying job back in the day. I think I was probably making at the time, probably about 37 to $40,000 a year, if you can imagine that, um, as a, you know, 21 year old kid. And, uh, I gave that up and uh, took a leave of absence and, and, uh, moved on to, uh, to Seattle to, to kind of chase this dream. 
So you're saying that that was a pretty tough decision for you. I mean, uh, did you did you think back then that you had a you had a really good chance to make a career out of this? Was it a big a big risk for you to make that jump? Yeah, it was. You know, I mean, I, I kind of grew up in a family where uh, you know my dad was a union guy, and and uh, there's not a whole bunch of change in his life. You know, I mean. You know, married to my mom for uh, you know fifty four years, and and uh, worked at uh, worked at a company for thirty six years, and uh, my brothers and sister they were all in a union job, so you know not a lot of change. And now all of a sudden, this young you know whippersnapper decides that he's going to give up this job of a lifetime. Really, I think I was making more money than my dad was in at the in the day, um, you know, working at the Forks and you know, I was going to give up this opportunity and I was going to move to, uh, you know, another country to, to pr- pursue my dream. So I think my dad looked at me and my parents actually, like I had two heads, like, well, what are you even thinking? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and so kind of touching into your NHL career a little bit, I mean, how was it the first few years for you? Did you get settled in pretty good? And um, I guess maybe if you could progress to some later, what are some highlights for you? I know you you worked in in the in China for those games. Uh, you've worked some all-star games. Yeah, I mean, that was great. <laughs> could you talk a little bit about uh, about that progression? Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, like anything, I mean, you know, when you uh, kind of, as a young referee, you you move up the ladder. You, you know, I think that's the one thing that I've actually had to deal with the most is you you move up the ladder. I, when I was in the Manitoba Major Junior League, I conquered that league, and and then I, you know, I went to Junior A and I conquered that, and I was, went to the Western Hockey League, and you conquer that league. Now you get, you know, now you kind of moving up the ladder and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, it becomes kind of a, a, you know, it's almost like a pyramid, you know, you get to the top, it's a, it's a narrow spot. And, and when you kind of get to the national hockey league, you think you're going to have all this success. You know, I, I, I kind of worked the finals in every league that I worked on and, and worked in and, and, uh, no different. I, I thought I was going to come to the NHL and just step in and work final after final after final. And, and that's the one thing that's really eluded me is, uh, is playoff success. I think in the national hockey league, I mean, I think it's one thing to, to be a part of this group and to be a 19 year employee and serve the game, I think is great. But at the, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not really satisfied because, you know, I don't have that Stanley Cup final. I, I don't have that culmination of uh, of being able to conquer this league. I'm, I'm you know I'm still hopeful and and uh, I'm still going to work at it. But you know I think that's the one disappointment. If I if I was to have one career disappointment, that would be it right now. Um, you know I'm going to, uh, but I'm not really a quitter. It's not really in my DNA. So I'll, I'm going to go back and work as hard as I can to to make sure I uh, make sure I eliminate that uh, that one little miscue on on my career. Uh, as far as uh, you know, as far as working hockey and, 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 you know, um, highlights of, uh, of my, you know, national hockey league career, I, I think, uh, I think the, the, you know, the highlight you, you mentioned China, that was great. You know, that was fantastic. The all-star game was, was something that, uh, you know, I'll never forget working for this league. You know, they, they take such great care of you and, and your family. I mean, I, you're allowed to invite and bring, you know, friends and family along and, and uh, you know how lucky you are to work in this league, but when they get a chance to actually see, you know, what the NHL does and and uh, and how they take care of you, um, you know, when they when they're actually able to kind of you know live it and be a part of it, it's a it's a it's a pretty amazing thing. And uh, and I think that's uh, you know that's an exciting kind of part of 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 being part of this job is is when other people get to see how fortunate you are and they get to live a little bit of a the NHL life. It's uh, it's pretty special. Yeah. 
And you recently, I guess, crossed the 1,000-game plateau in the National Hockey League. Could you talk about maybe the experience of that and, and kind of looking back and seeing you know how 1,000 games have passed by pretty fast? Yeah, you know, it's been 19 years now, and uh, I've seen a lot of changes in this league. Um, you know, you kind of live through them. Uh, the league kind of grows, and, and, uh, and you see changes in, in it for sure. Um, you know, it, really, at the end of the day, I, I, I actually take a lot of pride in, 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 that, in that accomplishment because, you know, in any sport and in any profession, I think the one thing you strive for is longevity. You know, you, uh, when you have longevity, you have acceptance. And, uh, and I think that's one of the great parts of, of this thousand game plateau is, um, or this mark is, is that, you know, the, these people have thought and they've entrusted the, the safety of, of the game to me, uh, for 19 years. And I haven't let them down. I haven't let the game down. And I take a lot of pride in the fact that, uh, you know, um, you know, you uh, you putting the you putting in the work and 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 you know having the occasional break and and doing you know whatever you can to to, to make your career successful. Uh, when you when you stuck around 19 years, it, it proves that you belong, and and uh, it wasn't an easy journey for sure. Right. Um, and so I kind of wanted to transition now a little bit because um, obviously this is a, a podcast focused on helping referees develop and. One thing that you certainly are knowledgeable about, and if you last for, for 19 years in the National Hockey League, certainly your skating ability would be something notable that you would be able to, to teach about. So I'm wondering for you, what makes a great skater, and uh, what are some of the fundamental skills that you look to develop, um, especially in your, your camps that you run as well? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, what makes a great, so you're absolutely right. If you can't skate in this league, you can't, definitely can't play and you definitely can't officiate. I mean, the game has changed so much now over the years that, that, uh, really skating is just such a huge asset for you. And, and it's noticeable when, when a guy can't turn to his right or turn to his left or, or stop with both feet to transition. Uh, it's, it's very noticeable. And, and I don't think you'll ever get the, you'll ever get to the league, um, if you, uh, you know, if you have deficiencies. So, you know, I think the most important thing is to admit that there's things that you do better than, than, you know, there's things I'm more comfortable with, with doing on the ice than, than, than I'm not. So uh, it's important to me to be able to practice those things that I'm not, you know, that comfortable with. Uh, I have to realize that I have deficiencies in skating. And when I'm out there working, if I have seven minutes or nine minutes or 11 minutes or however many minutes before the game is a warm up, I've got to make sure that I'm, uh, I got to make sure that I'm working on my left turns and I got to make sure I'm stopping to my left because even at this level, and I, and I think I'm an okay skater, even at this level, I, I have some deficiencies. So I think it's important as any young official would, you've got to realize, yeah, there's things you do well. You also got to be honest with yourself too and realize that there's things that you maybe don't do that well that you need to correct. Yeah. And like when you look back at um, when you started 19 years ago and you looked at today, I mean, can you look at the difference between like the you know the emphasis that's put on skating for referees nowadays? Is that something that that's pretty apparent to you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we 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 have always had in this in this business. I mean, we've got great athletes. You know, uh, Randy Mitten was a great athlete. Dan Marawelli, a great athlete. You know, guys like that, just great athletes and and uh, and and great mentors. Wayne Bonney, you know, and then it kind of went down the line. You know, Jay Shares was a great athlete. Uh, Mike Civic, great athlete. You know, Brian Murphy. You know, I don't think there's anybody in better shape than Murph. And I mean, we just have guys that just kind of carry the torch from one section to the other. And uh, not only fitness, but you know, the the 
or not only skating, but fitness too, but just kind of touching back on the skating aspect of it. You know, this game now has is, is changed so much and it's so darn fast that you, you really have to have an understanding of, of how to be efficient, you know, how to be a, an efficient skater. Um, everyone's got a little bit of speed, but, you know, the rink's only so long. So you have to understand that your first two strides out of the blocks have to be important to, to get up to full speed. And that comes with strength of, of your body and you know, knowing your body and working it a certain way. So, you know, skating is such a vital, important part of, of playing this game. Uh, and, and you really have to work at it. It's, it's something that takes work. Um, and it's, uh, and it's an ongoing struggle for me. I mean, we, we actually, we started a little business about 10 years ago where we teach power skating here in Seattle. Uh, you know, we have a little company that we started called Pro Edge Power Skating and, uh, and we try to teach, um, young little hockey players that, uh, you know, you don't have to be the, the greatest player, but if you're a great skater and if you do things right every shift and, and, uh, and you work hard, you'll be rewarded. And I don't think it's any different than, you know, than a young referee starting out. Everybody works games and buildings that you don't think anyone's watching at. You know, everyone works games in, in uh, um, you know, uh, um, St. Malo, Manitoba. And, and I don't mean any disrespect to St. Malo, but it's a small little hamlet in, in, in Manitoba. And, and you have to realize that those games are just as important as, uh, as working in Brandon, Manitoba, you know, because you never know who's going to be in the building to watch. Uh, and, and the game deserves you to be great. You know, it, it, it's a great game and it deserves you to be great that night. So you have to put the effort in no matter where you are. You have to, you have to skate like people are watching you. You have to work like people are watching you no matter, no matter what building you're working in. Yeah, I think that's, that's a great point, Vaughn. And I'm just curious, you, you see obviously a lot of players that are, you know, you, you help develop a lot of players in their skating. You obviously have great experience as a referee in skating. Um, to you, is there a difference between you know, skating as a referee and skating as a player? I mean, I know you mentioned that as a referee, you're going the full 60 minutes on the ice without a break. I mean, is there is there a difference there? No, I don't think there is, actually. I think they actually, uh, the lines are, uh, you know, it's kind of a muddled line. And, and uh, a great efficient skater is a great efficient skater. You know, Connor McDavid is a great skater. And and, uh, and there's things he can do on the ice that it's absolutely incredible. Patrick Marlowe is, is another guy that can absolutely fly. Phil Kessel, you know, and, uh, you know, guys like that that can really just are blessed with speed. Um, you know, they can really, uh, they can really motor and, and I, I don't really think the game for a referee or a player is any different. I mean, I think this game is played East and West and North and South, and it's no different than if you're a, if you're an NHL official or an NHL player or, you know, a, a, an up and coming hockey player and up and coming, you know, hockey official, you need to work at that skill and you need to, uh, you need to find out. Uh, what you do that, you know, is great and uh, what you do is not so great and you need to practice. I mean, you know, as a referee, we have seven minutes, nine minutes, 11 minutes before every game, you know, on the ice. Uh, there's things you can do, crossovers, transition turns. You know, you don't have to just monotonously get on the ice and turn left every day like these players do. You can get on and, and use those skill sets to, uh, to practice the things that you need to do. I, I watched Dan O'Rourke when he's on the ice warming up. And I, I think what a great example for a young official to, to be able to watch. There's a guy who's in great shape, great fitness guy. Uh, and and uh, he's probably a better skater if you were to ask him now as a referee than he was as a player. And it's, uh, and it's important to make sure that uh, it's important to make sure that 
everybody realizes that when you watch him skate, you know, before a game, you know, he does three or four things to warm up. He's transitioning forward and backwards. He's doing his crossovers. He's doing C cuts. Uh, he's doing things to, to make him better for the game because the game deserves it. Yeah. And I guess that's something that we don't, I guess, see it a lot of now because I mean, you know, you take for granted, I guess that, you know, the players on these NHL teams that you'd be refing have practice, you know, however many times a week but as as referees and linesmen you might not necessarily have that opportunity so is, you're talking about that seven eight minutes before a game is that is that really like a science now to you to really to really work in those good habits and routines and really make sure that you're developing in those few minutes before each game yeah i think it's important you know i i you're right i mean we don't get a lot of opportunities as a referee i mean there's a couple of camps here and there but there's not a whole bunch bunch of them so I think it's vitally important when you do get some time uh, to get out and practice those things that, uh, that that need practicing and use that time accordingly. You know, there's only you only can look at the the game sheet, you know, for so long and you know, talk to the timekeeper, talk to the coach for so long. You still have time. If you're doing 70 games, uh, you know, 70 games a year, and you got an extra 10 minutes, you know, those are those are times that that can be used to 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 your full advantage. I think you also have to realize that. You know, there's only there's only a certain number of jobs for referees. There's only a certain number of jobs for linesmen. It's such a competition, and you you are you are responsible for the things that you can control. We can't control if they're going to go out and and they're not going to play, adhere to the rules. I mean, they're going to behave however they're going to behave, and that's out of your control. But as a referee, you control your fitness, you control your skating, you control what you put into your body. You're in complete charge, and uh, and if you fail to uh, if you fail to enhance your skills, well, you know what? That that's on you. Yeah, and you talk about fitness, and I think that you know certainly you have you have a, a unique experience of being a longtime NHL linesman. That you know, you I'm sure. I, well, I know you've seen some injuries that have you know uh, been difficult for you, and I'm sure there's lots of referees out there that have worked lots of games in the season, and they know that you know you you encounter injuries and need to kind of battle through. I mean, what sort of advice would you have for referees out there that have to deal with injuries, that have to, you know, uh, make that, uh, you know, make improving and getting better a part of their their, their regiment? Yeah, I, I think it's important. You know, you have to kind of listen to your body, Brandon. Like when you are, you know, when you when you understand when you have a nick and a bruise. And I think it's different in the NHL because, you know, this is our job. You know, I remember being in the in the Western Hockey League, and I was an inspector at Boeing, and and uh, you know, I had to put in eight hours at Boeing and work, and then then I had to jump in my car and drive to Portland for three hours, and and then do a game, and then jump back in my car and drive back home. So you really had no time to be injured. You know, you just had to kind of battle through it. And I think those are those are really difficult times for for you know young women and young men who are trying to officiate. You know, you have other things going on in your career. So I think then it becomes a time to listen to your body. You know, when you when you're tired, um, go rest. You know, maybe maybe you want to uh, shut it down early for a couple of days in a row. You want to go home and ice your body and and listen to your body. You want to stretch a little bit more. You want to take care of yourself because you know you don't have that you don't have that luxury throughout the day. In our business, you know, we we yes, we have injuries and 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 the injuries are bad and sometimes they're career threatening. I've had. I've had a few myself, you know, I had a back injury that was pretty significant. I'm, I'm certainly struggling with a shoulder injury right now. That is, it's just, it's been the most difficult thing ever. And, uh, and I, and I think that, you know, you, you have to kind of take care of yourself. You have to, you have to, you know, you have to ice your body. You have to listen to your body and you have to feed it properly too. There's, you know, it's a full-time job. 
being an official. It's no different than, than, than being a player. The game deserves you to be great. And, uh, and no matter what level you're in, you kind of have to match the athleticism of the players, you know, as a, as a young official and, and even as one in the national hockey league as well, it's even more so important. Yeah. And, just kind of building on off that a little bit, um, you know, you're talking about making sure you have good habits and taking care of your body, and certainly, you know, being on the ice is not, or you know, refereeing is not just doing the 60 minutes and being done. There's there's pregame uh, routines, postgame routines. Is there any advice you might be able to offer to referees out there that you know maybe don't have a pregame routine now or, or are looking to improve to to really get their body prepared before and after the game? Yeah, you know it's funny. I I, uh, I have a young son who plays, and and uh, and like I said, we teach these young kids all the time. And you know, some of our kids in our camp are six, seven, eight, you know, nine, eleven years old. I tell them all the time, you know, it's start time to kind of you know be responsible for your own actions and and be accountable and and you know behave like a professional. You know, like uh, um, you know whether you're eating or whatever. It's pretty easy to to grab a bag of chips as a snack, but really at the end of the day, you're not doing yourself any service. You're not, you're not helping yourself at all. So, so there's actually, you know, when, when you really kind of step right down and, and, and back away and think about it, it's important to realize that everything you do off the ice helps what you do on the ice, whether you're eating, you're, you're feeding your body, um, all that stuff, all that stuff transfers and, and, and allows you to be successful on the ice. And if you're successful off the ice, I have a real, sneaky suspicion that you know then you're successful in life and you'll be successful on the ice as well yeah and i just wanted to get a, a, your, your thoughts on you know proper diet i mean we were talking to a, a former nhl referee last week who said back in the day you know everybody was a steak and potato guy you know there wasn't as much emphasis on on proper nutrition uh but i'm wondering if you could right. maybe offer some thoughts on you know what kind of meals are you having before games is is there is it is it pretty regimented for you is there a routine there yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I, I think I, you know, uh, stick to my diet pretty close. I come from a family where, uh, you know, my dad was a big guy, you know, 400 and some pounds. And, and my, my mom was a, you know, a, a bigger lady. I mean, we were right kind of, you know, they're, they're meat and potatoes right from the farm kind of people. And my family, I mean, it's, uh, it, you know, if I eat a cheeseburger, I might as well tape it right to my rear end because that's where it's going. So over the years, though, I know that I've, I've, I've kind of understood my body and, and how this DNA thing works. And I realize that there's things I can't do. And, and uh, you know, we're not getting any younger anymore. You know, don't let the NHL know this, but I'm 49 years old. You know, I, I, still, got, I still got four or five more years I want to fool these guys for. So uh, it, doesn't happen if you, uh, it doesn't happen if you don't take this serious, you know. So, so I, I, know that I, can't, uh, I know that I can't sit down at that table and eat a pizza when my kids are. Uh, you know, I want to kick them in the rear end because, uh, you know, they're having two pieces right in front of dad. And, you know, I just want to lick the crumbs off the plate. But but it doesn't work that way because I know that that's not a benefit to me and uh, and I know that I'm going to have to put in another ten or twelve miles on the bike the next day, so you know it just becomes uh, lifestyle management. You know I, I I realize that I have to make healthy choices and I try to make healthy choices as much as possible because you know like I say I mean I, I think diet is eighty percent of, of of working out. I, I really think no matter how hard you train or no matter how you know, much you train, uh, if you're not eating properly, uh, and if you're not kind of giving your body a chance to be successful, no matter how hard you work, it'll never be successful. Yeah. No, and it's, it's funny you talk about, uh, you know, how you're getting up there in age. And, you know, the thing I always hear now is the NHL just keeps getting younger and younger. And I'm, I'm sure you see that, you know, firsthand. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, these kids now, these kids come into this league, and they're you know, a lot of them. You, you never really heard of eighteen and nineteen year old kids playing in this league before. It was always like twenty two, twenty three. They would come in, they'd have four years, and and then they'd be kind of shuffled out. Well, now these young kids, they're so talented, and they're training. I mean, you know, they're they're training. Well, we're no different, you know, pro edge. We, our camp, we're training, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old kids. Well, that didn't really happen back in the day. And, and, uh, you know, now these are one sport kids, they're playing, they're focused. They, they, you know, they come ready and they're 18 years old. They're hungry and they're ready. 19 years old, they're ready to take a job. And they're so darn skilled that it's hard to kind of keep them away from the national hockey league. And it's no different than our league as officials. I see young guys. I, I uh, do a lot of, uh, um, uh, development and skating and, and, and helping out at the Western Hockey League camp. And I go to the Western Hockey League camp. We have kids that are coming in that, you know, that are, uh, you know, that are engineers and are lawyers and are police officers and, you know, and, uh, and, and they have all these great jobs and they're, and not only are they doing great in school or, or they're in the workforce working, they're actually taking care of their bodies. It's, you know, their, their, their fitness and their, their ability to be um, professional at that young age is, 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 and fantastic. I remember sitting in my camp, you know, when I was, you know, young and, and just kind of, kind of going through the, the process of this and, and, you know, you'd go around the room and introduce yourself and guys were lucky to have a job back then, you know, so it's uh, times have changed and society has kind of changed and, and this career's changed. The NHL, you know, they want people that can handle, you know, they're going to give you a lot of money to work in this league. Yeah. And they're going to pay you a lot of money throughout the years to work in this league. They don't just want to turn the keys of the car over to somebody who, uh, you know, is happy getting up in the morning at eight o'clock and, and, you know, thrilled about getting out of bed. They, uh, that's not how it works. You know, you, you want this job, you have to be a professional on the ice and, and you best be a professional off the ice too. Yeah. And I think certainly that that's a great incentive the league's offering. I mean, I obviously don't know it as well as you do, but I mean, we hear a lot that guys, once they get in, they can make really good careers out of it being in the league for 20, 25, I'm sure even, even longer for the further career. So I think it's certainly a, a good thing the league has done. Um, but I wanted to jump on just before we let you go. Uh, you know, you, you obviously run your power your power skating programs, and I'm assuming you obviously work predominantly with players. But for referees out there that might not have that luxury, I mean, what are certain concrete skills that they can focus on? I mean, what do you tell referees out there? Is it some, uh, something as simple as, you know, keep your knees bent, keep your head up? I mean... Is there some concrete things that referees should keep in the back of their minds when they're on doing their their levels of games? Well, it's funny, you know. I, I we talk strictly about about body movement and about keeping your head up when you're skating. But you know, the one thing that I'm going to leave people with is, you know, a human arm weighs between eight and thirteen pounds. You know, and uh, and if you just imagine, if you held a weight of thirteen to eight pounds of uh, you know a weight in your hand, and if you moved your body, if you just moved them across your body from side to side it would create no momentum momentum going forward. It would just create a lot of headache and heartache. You know, you watch a track star and, uh, you know, you, you watch a guy or a girl who's, you know, running the, uh, you know, the 100 yard dash and, and they use their arms to propel themselves in a forward motion. And uh, they, they run down the track, you know, they, they don't, they don't throw themselves across their body and, 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 do things like a lot of hockey, you know, a lot of official skate, you know, when they get on the ice and those big arm movements from side to side, they're not helping themselves. You want to use those 11 pounds, those nine pounds, those eight pounds. You want to use those in a way to propel yourself forward for speed. And 
moving them from side to side is just not accomplishing that. So, you know, as it, it's, it's tough as it is, I mean, I, I want you to kind of sit back and the next time you see a skater, uh, you know, a referee skate on the ice and those big lunging arm swings from side to side, think to yourself, you know, those each weigh 11 pounds. you got 22 pounds throwing across your body. Do you really think that that's going to make you successful going faster forward? It just obviously is not. So I would hope that common sense would prevail and people would go, wow, you know what? I want to be fast. I want to mimic, you know, being a sprinter. Because really, at the end of the day, when you break it down, that's kind of what skating is. You're trying to get from point A to point B as fast as you can. So you're almost mimicking the sprinter. So change a little bit of your arm movements and understand how quickly then you create speed going that direction rather than throwing them across your body. That's the one thing I would touch on. The second thing I would touch on is, you know, don't skate so fast on the ice that you overlook things. You know, as a game, as a referee, as a, as a linesman, you know, we all have jobs to do. And, yes, we want to get there quickly. And, yes, we want to get there fast. Let's get there efficiently as well. And let's have an understanding that we don't want to bypass things. We don't want to miss anything. It's not going to help you when Stephen Walkham's at the game watching you and you got there first, but you missed two slashes and a high stick and a spear on the way to the, on the, way to the uh, you know, the stoppage of play. So keep your head up and, and have a little bit of a, um, situational awareness when you're skating. You know, keep your head up and, and make sure your head's on a swivel. Get there fast, get there efficient, but make sure you get there and, and you've witnessed uh, the infractions along the way. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, I think you, you, you said it best and there's not much I could add on to that. But uh, no, I, I just wanted to thank you for your time and uh, helping out and certainly um, best of luck with, with your camps that you're conducting and best of luck with your with your season. And I guess uh, if there's any parting advice you'd want to say to some young referees out there before we let you go, uh, you're more than welcome to, to add that on as well. Yeah, I think officiating is, uh, you know, is... Uh, it's funny, you know, I don't think it's on your time. Everybody thinks they're ready. You know, everyone thinks they're ready to be hired. It was no different than me. I thought I was ready two years, maybe three years before I got hired. But I tell every young official, and I'd like to tell you guys as well, whoever's out there listening, and, and uh, you know, I like to kind of just sum it up by having the three Ps. You know, be persistent, um, be patient, and persevere. And if you have those three P's and if you implement them in your daily regimen and if you realize that those three, those three things have to be accomplished, um, you're going to get hired. You're going to advance into your career. You're going, to, you're going to have success, not when you're ready, but when your bosses think you're ready. So apply and, and, and work hard to put those three P's into your, into your toolbox and carry them from game to game because uh, they're vitally important for the success uh, that you wish to have in your officiating career.